Sunday morning, church. Away in the manger.
Will you remain standing for the lighting of the Advent candle, please? This being the second Sunday of the Advent. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, <clears throat> excuse me, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Andrea. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Okay. <laughs> you, may be, you may be seated, church. <laughs> Monday night, American Heritage Girls, 6 o'clock. Staff Parish at 6.30. Ladies Bible Study Tuesday morning. Choir practice Thursday evening. Play practice Saturday. Christmas program December 19th. Still collecting stuffed animals that will go to the hospital on Christmas Day. You're invited to your parsonage on December 17th for an open house. The mitten tree is somewhere back in here. Your response to uh, the family at the school has been overwhelming. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, there's been another family presented to us. Uh, if you'd like to help with that, there's a mother and two children uh, where the mother recently lost her job. Uh, if you would like to help with that, uh, you come see me. Any announcements from any of you folks? From the uh, soup ministry, a thank you from one of the families. Uh, Rob delivers to them, uh, and they sent a thank you card. I think this past week we delivered 85 uh, lunches. So what a blessing that is. If no announcements from you, if you join me in a moment of prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Thank you for the privilege that your table is set before us and you invite everyone to your table. Thank you for the season of the Advent as we prepare our hearts for the Christ child. So Father, clear our minds, calm our anxiousness, and may your word speak clearly to us this day. We praise you and we thank you, Father. 
Amen. I believe Andrea is going to come and share with us a slide presentation of her mission trip. Okay, so many of you, most of you probably know I went to Africa. So I wanted to show you a few pictures of, of what I saw and what we did. So this is the group that I went with. Um, there are, there was two preachers and two lay leaders that were on my team. Uh, once we got out of the airport, we promptly had a flat tire. Uh, <laughs> on the way to the mission, so that's all of our luggage by the side of the road. Um, this is the mission house that we stayed in. Um, the mission is several hundred acres. Um, there's a few houses for missionaries. There's a small hospital, um, a K-12 school, and a school of theology all on the mission ground, as well as um, four small villages. These are our fancy red rooms with mosquito nets. That was interesting to get used to in the middle of the night when you get up. Um, this is the nurse's station at the hospital. Um, if you notice how dirty the walls are and um, just, it isn't anywhere you probably wanna go if you're sick. Uh, this is the delivery room of the hospital, which is I thought was really interesting. Um, it's, it's what they're working with. <laughs> um, this is the School of Theology. Um, at one time, the Kesawa mission was one of the most important uh, parts of the Methodist Church in Angola. And it's still, the School of Theology is still very important. Um, one of the best and only ones in the, in the area. Uh, this is the K-12 school. Um, the kids from the villages come here and um, there are some children that come there on scholarships. The Florida United Methodist Church pays for, um, pays for some of the students to go there. These classrooms were filthy when we got there. Um, Nobody been taking care of them, so we got them all cleaned up and, and uh, decorated for the kids. And this is the classroom, the kids, they all, they all have to wear a white smock every day, and um, a lot of these kids are coming from the villages with nothing, and all they have is this little white smock to wear to school. This is the Sunday school classroom. Um, we also decorated those classrooms. There's, I think, four of them. This is the group that helped. This is, and actually, this is the um, dining hall. On Sundays, they feed, uh, we've had 376 children on Sunday. Um, this is the group that prepares the meals, and this is where they prepare the meal. Uh, right there on some burners and big pots with some sticks. Stir. 
And this is part of the group of children that, uh, that we fed. They kind of eat in shifts. Is 376 kids is a lot to fit in that room. This is the Methodist Church on the mission. Um, something interesting, the mission was destroyed totally in the Civil War. Uh, everything was bombed out. And the story goes that they climbed up on the roof to start destroying the church and fell off. So they figured that that was a sign that they should leave the church alone. So it was the only building that still stands from the original, from the original mission. This is the inside of that, inside of that church. Um, so while I was there, I had to give two different, I don't know, speeches, lectures on child abuse. And um, this is, I'm speaking in English. The woman next to, next to me is translating it into Portuguese. And then the man next to her is translating it into the native village language. So it was um, a 20-minute speech took almost an hour. <laughs> Uh, this is a group of people that came to watch my, one of my speeches. So while we were there, we also did some street evangelism, which I don't speak Portu Portuguese, so I mostly just held a sign. Um, but but uh, the woman in the middle is, is one of the preachers that came with us. Uh, this is a group of kids that we met out on the street. They were great. Just, there's me holding the sign. I didn't, <laughs> really couldn't do much talking to people. Um, these are the group of children. They, they loved my tattoos and they were trying to rub them off my arm there. <laughs> they were just fascinated. This is uh, just some more of the street evangelism. Um, if you notice, notice my surroundings, it's not the greatest or the most beautiful area of town. Um, the man in the striped shirt there, second from the end, he is the bishop to Angola, the, the Methodist church. So we met with him. Um, this is a picture of one of the villages that are on the mission. Uh, the kids love having their picture taken and then getting to see it because they don't they don't really get to see themselves. There's not mirrors or bathrooms or, you know, anything for them to, and they don't really have phones. So they think it's pretty awesome. There's another one of the kids. Uh, this here is the start of a church that they're building in one of the villages. In most of the villages, there is some sort of small uh, block church. Um, and they're all Methodist church, Angola's main religion is Methodist. This is just a, another picture of one of the houses. I actually got to, we got caught in a rainstorm and I got to kind of shelter in one of those houses and um, that was really interesting. Uh, this is one of the Methodist churches in, in, the, in one of the villages. It's nothing like this. <laughs> Um, in the villages, many villages don't have access to fresh water. This is a well that the Methodist Church in Florida um, is financing 
the villages to get these wells. So this is a this is a new well. So they don't have to walk miles with buckets and to try and get fresh water somewhere. And this is a little scooter kid with the kids playing. So this here is um, this is all of our team there standing in front of the Methodist Church. Um, the lay leader that was with us, she gave a devotional that morning at this church. Um, that's the inside of that church. And after we were done, they gave us a live rabbit. So, uh, for a gift. And she is horrified in this picture right now. <laughs> Um, we did get to do a little bit of sightseeing, and this is one of the waterfalls, or the waterfall that we got to go see. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and this is some rock formations. There are these rocks that just are in the middle of flat land that just popped up. It's really interesting to, to be driving by it and see it, but it was beautiful. Yeah, that is... So that is the end of my slideshow. Um, I want to thank everybody that, that helped and made it possible for me to go. It was a beautiful experience. Um, I recommend anybody that can and has the desire to go, to go. Um, it's a reward, re very rewarding experience. So if anybody has any like questions or anything they want to ask me about it, please feel free. Time for young disciples. Good morning. You guys ready for Christmas? Getting excited? Got your Christmas stuff? Have you thought about what you want for Christmas? You already have ideas? What do you want? What's one thing you really want for Christmas? Oh. You don't have to say it out loud. Do you girls have ideas of what you want? Like a, a wish list? No. But you like getting presents, don't you? Oh, you don't have to say it out loud if it's secret. That's fine. But it is fun to get gifts, isn't it? And it's fun to give gifts, too. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about gifts today. So no matter what you have on your wish list, even if it's secret, whatever you end up getting for Christmas, the greatest gift of all that we've ever been given is Jesus. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to do a little experiment to kind of explain why or how Jesus is the best gift. Okay? So I have three cups here. In each cup, I have oil. And the oil is going to represent Jesus. I'm going to pour some other liquids in these cups and we're going to see what's going to happen. So what do you think will happen if I pour milk into the cup with oil? Where do you think the milk's going to go? Take a guess. What do you think? Do you think it's going to go to the bottom or stay on top? Think it's going to go to the bottom? Okay, let's find out. Okay. What happened? It went to the bottom. What went to the top? The oil. Okay. Different cup, same thing. I have oil. I'm going to pour honey in it this time. Where do you think 
Where's the honey going to go? To the top, you think? All right, let's see. Takes a little longer for the honey to pour, doesn't it? Quite a bit in there. Okay. Where did the honey go? To the bottom. What went to the top again? The oil. Hmm. So what do you think is going to happen in this last cup? I have oil. I'm going to pour dish soap in there. What do you think might happen this time? You think so? Okay. Let's find out. Okay. All right. Where'd the oil go? It went to the top again, didn't it? The dish soap went to the bottom. So each time, no matter what I put in there, the oil went to the top. It rose to the top. Okay? And it's the same way with the gifts that we get. No matter if you get the best gift ever on Christmas morning, the one thing you really wanted, there's a greater gift, a gift that rises above everything. Just like the oil rose above, Jesus is the best gift ever. So let's try to remember that during this Christmas season. Okay? Thanks for your guesses. Those were super good guesses. All right, let's say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, during this Christmas season, it's, it's wonderful to give gifts and to receive gifts, but let us all remember that the greatest gift that we have been given by you is Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Someone share a praise this morning, a joy. He's coming, Diana. Yesterday we had the privilege of celebrating uh, the wedding of another one of Joe's girls, one of his middle girls. Um, again, it was... Um, mixed blessings because Joe wasn't able to be there, but Tom took his place. He's kind of stepped into his brother's shoes and uh, watching after his girls, checking on them, helping whatever he can. But um, and uh, his his dad did the service. It was just really nice to be able to be there. Who else has a praise this morning? Um, I guess our joy is Jeff and I finally have Stacy married. Two weddings in seven days, but it's done. And we all made it through, so we're happy for that. I have a joy. I got to talk to my daughter Heather in England yesterday, and um, she asked that you all would pray for her as she gets ready to fly back to Hawaii. Um, she has a little condition with her eyes and the brightness bothers that, so I'd like you to pray for them as well. Uh, just a joy to be able to see them on this FaceTime thing where they giggle and laugh while you're visiting with them. I have another prayer request for uh, uh, Barry Brinker of, of Deckerville. He was in a car accident. Somehow he doesn't remember any of it. He ended up in a ditch and uh, 
he would like you to pray for him that God would take care of his body or whatever was wrong. Thank you. Anyone else? This is not necessarily a joy, but it is a blessing. Larry Temke passed away last night, and uh, his daughters are, are glad that he is there with his wife, Nancy. When they said, uh, when the nurse said, Larry, it's okay, Nancy's waiting for you, he took his last breath. So that's a blessing. Yes, I have a, a joy and a, also a concern. Uh, my granddaughter Trish is getting married uh, December the 11th in Jamaica. And uh, Karen is, and uh, Brian and Megan are flying out. And also another grandson of mine, uh, Nick and his wife Lacey, they're flying to Jamaica. So safe travels for them. Anyone else? Oh, yeah, the troublemaker over there raised her hand. No, Liz. But I saw Sally on the way, too, so. I know she was just waiting. Last week, I asked for prayers for Stephen. He is out of intensive care now, but um, he's been in there about three weeks. He has no insurance. He's had three surgeries and still going to have to have another one because they had to do something with his colon so that he has a colostomy bag right now. But they're still going to have to go back in and do more surgery, and he's probably going to be in there another week or so right now. So Bernadette and her son, they really need our prayers. Um, three members of my brother's family have COVID, and I'm actually I'm, I'm grateful um, because they're, they are doing well and they're not, they're not doing too poorly. Really bad, but um, they've been fortunate and they're on the mend, and I'm really grateful for that. And I know you've all heard about, you're probably, you know, always thinking about this, but continue to keep all students and all educators in your prayers and all people who work in the schools. Everywhere, not just here, states, because it's been it's been a rough week. I'd like prayer for um, the Matson family, and also the Ebert family. I was at one funeral on Friday, and I'm going to another one today. Sad time. Praise and a prayer. Praise for the oldest son. He actually came home to visit. He's like, I can only be there 15 to 20 minutes. I say, okay, of course. I see him every few months. And then my um, middle son, um, he's high-functioning autism, and he's not in school anymore. He doesn't have a job yet, and he does better when he's got some schedule and something going. So just praise, 
prayers that he gets a job soon or something figured out before he spirals down too far. I have a praise. I made it through last week. And yes, there's a story behind that, but I'm not going to go into it now. But it was a rough week for a little while. But I also have a concern. I had an appointment with my cardiologist, and he has detected that I have AFib. So we don't know just what, but after the first year, I'll be going through monitor and stuff like that. But in the meantime, it's a bit of a concern, but uh, he didn't seem too worried about it, so I'm not either, and going to have a good holiday. Um, I'm really happy that my Aunt Norma gets to see her, hu her husband who passed away a long time ago. She got COVID and she died and went to heaven. So we're happy that he, she gets to see him, but we're also sad that she died. Let's pray. Oh, hold on. I'm hold sorry. On. Tracy McClarty, who is a cousin of mine, she um, has cancer and it's very serious, but she was able to get a stem cell transplant done on Friday. Very sick and has no immunities right now, so she'll need your prayers for at least four weeks, they think. And Bonnie Willer, she has uh, COVID, uh, is home, I think, but is pretty sick, so if you could lift her up too, thank you. You got a double dose of clearance today. Well, you need to keep Grady and Mom and the family in your prayers too as Grady continues to go through some tests. And a friend of ours, John Sproul, uh, had a new knee put in, but fell in the shower at home and split his new knee open. Are you hearing me, Bonnie? Yeah. <laughs> My cousin Greg is still in intensive care. Just about three and a half months of being in intensive care, fighting the COVID virus. If you'd keep Bruce Gildersleeve in your prayers, he has uh, some testing done tomorrow, and Carol. Uh, Mary Lou's daughter, Melissa, has COVID. Let's talk to the father.
Father, I think Nolan gave the best sermon that I've heard in a long, long time. Out of the mouth of babes. We ask him a blessing upon these gifts in this overflow room, Father. That they'll touch the family. Variety of names and situations lifted up to the throne of grace this day. Loved ones going on to perfection. People we love struggling with COVID and cancer and diabetes. Some are struggling in their addictions. Some are struggling with the fact that they've recently lost their jobs. Another senseless act of violence in Oxford. We lift up the families of the children that were killed. We lift up the administrators in the school system. Not in just Oxford, everywhere, Father. Thank you for the educators that we know through this church. We lift up everybody, Father. The world is in an evil, evil place. Breathe, breathe fresh wind into us, Father. In the midst of all this craziness, let us focus on the cross. Each one of us can make a difference in our circle. Give us boldness and words of wisdom. Let us be quicker to love than to criticize. Help us to be quicker to help than to judge. Lord, there's a group going to Jamaica. We pray for safe travels. We pray that when their time is done, there's nothing to restrict them from coming home. Lift up the Timkey family. Great is Larry's reward. 
Father, thank you for the joy that a bowl of soup can bring. Lord, may you find us faithful. Hear us as we pray, Father, as we pray our Father. Ushers, if you would gather. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Father, thank you for the abundance that you bestow upon your people. Thank you that our glass is always overflowing with your goodness and your mercy. Father, we gather tithes, we bring gifts and offerings. We put them on your altar at the foot of the cross. Father, that you might touch them, bless them. It would be multiplied. And you allow us to continue to be your church. You've called us to make disciples of Jesus Christ and we can do that one life at a time we praise you Father Amen
I believe the choir is going to sing.
if you just bear with me for just a moment. The other day, what do you want for Christmas, Pastor? And the look on their face was priceless. I said, I want a big old steak. <laughs> and the look was priceless. A steak? I said, Yeah. Have you been to the grocery store lately to see the price of meat? My goodness sakes. Hey. Okay. No. Looks pretty good from this angle. Listen, he was worried. You're all worried? Don't let a little candle scare you. I'd be more worried of your wife than I would be of that candle. <laughs> she called me up the other day and she says, have you seen Rob? On soup day. Have you, he leaves the church at 11 o'clock to deliver soup. She calls at 4.15 in the afternoon. Have you seen Rob? I said no, but because of Rob and his ministry, we get stuff like this, that a bowl of soup can make so much difference in somebody's life. I appreciate your ministry, sir. Eye trouble. <laughs> I love it. How many of you have eye trouble? So there are three ladies getting on the elevator this morning. They didn't want to go alone. They were afraid they were going to get stuck. I said, I'll go with you. One says, well, the door won't open. I says, well, have you read the sign right here? It says, push and hold until door opens. No, didn't read the sign. <laughs> door opens, we go inside. Push the, the door closes, push the button, hold the button. Oh, it says right there, hold the button. Did you read the sign? Nope, I didn't read the sign. About halfway up, I told them how I got stuck in the elevator the other day. That's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> I appreciate Nolan's words this morning. 
God, who I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother and in your mother, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and has called us to holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But as now has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted him until that day. I trouble. Went back to the eye doctor this week. Many of you know just in the early, late August and early September I had new lenses put in my eyes. Uh, there was a time when I couldn't read what was on the screen back there. Uh, but since eye surgery, I can't read what's right here in front of me. Sort of a catch-22 thing, you know. And in the greatest land in the nation, I had, I had three options when I had eye surgery. You can get the $2,000 lens. You can get the $4,000 lens or you can get the $6,000 lens. If you get the $6,000 lens, you can read far away and close up. If you get the $4,000 lens, you might be able to read far away and close up. If you get the $2,000 lens, you can read far away. You can't read close up. So we go to the eye doctor in Cass City. And we go in there and the first thing I do is I look out the window at the building across the street. Because for many months I could not read the sign on the building across the street. Now I can. But when the lady says, sign right here, I'm not able to sign right there because I can't see. But it inspired this message this morning, eye trouble. Because there are people in this world, some have been in church for years, you know, we're talking 30, 40, 50 years. 
Some have eye trouble. They don't focus on the cross. We focus on stuff. And stuff is good at times too, mind you. Uh, the stuff over here, all those gifts from you folks is a wonderful blessing. These here, I've been trying to think how long uh, we've been taking stuffed animals to the hospital on Christmas Day. I think it's almost 20 years. And that started with a young lady named Tiffany Pettiprin, who Tiffany was born with a hole in her heart and a hole in her brain and was never uh, quite the same as us. She couldn't speak. She was wheelchair bound, had to be fed. And her family loved her. I was with the family when they took Tiffany off of life support. One of the hardest things I've ever experienced. But about halfway through her struggle, dad decided, well, put her back on life support. And they did. And the machine kept her alive for about 30 more days. And they came to me and they said, Pastor, what, what should we do? I said, you need to talk to the Father. Because only Jesus can tell you what you need to do in those situations. They chose to take her off of life support. Her passing was real peaceful. This started. Started collecting stuffed animals. Because what I see through my eyes, other than the fact that it's Jesus' birthday, I could skip Christmas. I, re I really could. Uh, Growing up, Christmas was all about, uh, the sheriff was always involved. <laughs> because that was the environment we were raised in. Mom and dad were drinkers. Uh, Mom and dad were fighters. Uh, and usually the sheriff got called. So I have a different outlook on Christmas than a lot of people do. My focus is on the cross. My focus is listening to this young man here uh, talk about he's happy and he's sad. And I, I believe in the Christian faith that we can learn, we can glean something from that. There are worse things than dying. Uh, if you don't think so, uh, well, nowadays you can't get into a nursing home just to visit someone, and you can't get into a hospital room uh, to visit someone. Uh, some friends of ours, uh, Ethan and Natalie, they're the ones that help with the fish fry. Uh, it appears that Ethan has had a mini stroke, uh, so he had to go have some testing done in, in Flint. Flint's not the safest city on the planet. Natalie wasn't allowed to go in with him but they allowed her to sit in the parking lot and the sad part is is that uh, she had to have a pistol on her seat for her to feel some kind of safety net the world outside these doors they've gone delirious people have lost their mind but 
This is what I want to focus on. I want you to ask yourself this question this morning. Are you saved? Plain and simple. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior right now? Second Timothy 1 and 9. For I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep me, to keep that which I have committed unto him. Are you that comfortable in, in your faith journey? I pray that you are, that no matter what your lot is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it into a, a, a way I can understand it. Jesus got my back, without a doubt. No matter what comes my way, he's got my back. Are you a secure person in, in your faith? Well, I, th I think I'm saved, but I'm not sure. I'm going to take you back to it again. I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. And then 1 Timothy and 12. How many of you like to suffer? Anybody like to suffer? Don't everybody jump at once. I saw a picture of Cousin Greg the other night. Uh, Greg ran 10, 15 miles a day. Uh, home to bury his mother. Went back to Texas, got COVID. Been in the hospital for three and a half months. They showed a picture of him the other day with a, a nurse trying to help him sit up. And he's a skeleton of a man that he used to be. And I know that his body is suffering. And I, I want to believe that he's a, a man of strong faith. I want to believe that he's a man of strong faith. And there are others that through their sickness have been suffering for years. Uh, I think of what little Grady has gone through since he came onto the earth and just some stuff that he's had going on in his body. can only imagine what mom and dad go through. But it goes right back to this text this morning. For I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. Have you committed yourself to him? In, in your prayer life, in the way that you treat each other, the way you are out there. I ran into Rob in the parking lot of the grocery store yesterday. He was going in to cash a check. And he had said to the lady at the bank, well, I got to cash this check and take this money out to Pastor Pat. And the woman had... Uh, something nice to say about me. (laughs) 
Never think more highly of yourself than you ought. Because there have been times in my life where I didn't even like myself. There have been times in my life where you wouldn't have liked who I was. But because of my relationship with Christ who has changed me and who will change you if you allow him to. I go back to that text. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. That's what I need to dwell on. That's what I encourage you to dwell on. Is that our God is able. I often say, I don't want to be considered as a religious person. I really don't. My experience with religious people in my lifetime, they sort of scare me. Uh, They can quote every bit of this from cover to cover. And that's great. But they don't know how to be the example of Christ to the world. So what good does being religious do for you? I want to be the best Christian man that I can be. And in this world that we live in, it's a struggle because we're fighting the devil every day. And church, if you believe in Christ, you have to believe in Satan, the devil. And he's the one that's trying to trip us up. He's the one that has us feuding with each other over, in my opinion, stupid stuff. We should be worried about, is the one in the pew next to you saved? Are your children saved? Are your grandchildren saved? Is your spouse saved? Is your girlfriend saved? Is your boyfriend saved? That's what we should be in our heart. And not go after them viciously. But go, go about it with love. I like the group that gathers on Saturday morning for the men's group because it doesn't matter who our waitress is I think they always find happiness with us because here we are a group of could you imagine running into us in a restaurant me and Eldon and Ken and Rob and Ken you you were the highlight for us yesterday you have so much youth and energy in your being man I want you to live by scripture. If you were today or tomorrow or maybe one day this week, go through God's word and even if you have to do this, find the scripture and apply it to your life and let it work for your life. It says in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is given and it's the inspiration of God's word, profitable for us when the, when the person is sick we should bring them to the church and the brothers and sisters should lay hands on them and believe what they pray and healing would take place I almost did this this morning and I, I do appreciate the fact that uh, 
When Sunday school is just about over, I get to go downstairs and they pray for me. I just about prayed for y'all this morning. Except for someone, because the teacher asks, is there a volunteer? And I almost prayed for y'all. I need prayer. You need prayer. Second Timothy 4 and 7. Between now, what's, what's the date today? The 5th. Between December 5th, 2021, and December 5th, 2022, somebody sitting in here, and it may be me, will not be here then. And I don't mean that you moved away. You've gone on to perfection. Are you standing in the faith right now? Because Second Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We don't know. Brian was holding Bo back there before church started and Bo's eyeing me. And I did this. And Bo did that. And he didn't cry. You know what I did when I went in there, church? I'm going to tell you what I did. I went in there and I told these, I told Grandma and I told Mom. And you may not agree with me, but that's okay. It's what's on my heart. I need to hear that. I need to hear that guy squeaking. I need to hear this guy squeaking. I need to hear you squeaking. I need to hear you squeaking. Because we're all in this together. Someone said to me this week, well, we need to do something. We do need to do something. We need to let everybody in, young and old. If they make noise, they make noise. And there's a little bit of difference between making a little bit of noise and throwing an outright fit. You following me? You, want, you ever hear this when you're a kid? You want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> and then my brother says, he got a double dose of Clarence. I miss Clarence every day. Because he gave me hope. He was such a strong man of faith. He, he gave me hope. Even near the end of his life, when he was struggling with living, he gave me hope. That's what Christ does. He gives us hope. If you'd prepare your hearts for communion this morning. If I need to remind you, everyone in the sanctuary is invited to Holy Communion. Nobody has turned away.
Savior, pour out your Holy Spirit on all who are gathered here. Father, on this gift of bread and juice, may it be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be the world, the body of Christ. We are redeemed by your blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and will feast at that heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Is there someone that will assist me this morning? We'd come back first.
I'm sorry, could you play that again? And uh, there's always enough in the Lord's house in 26 years of ministry. That's never happened. Ever. I'm glad. I'm glad that he always provides what we need because nobody will ever get turned away from his table. Don't ever, don't ever pray for patience, Lonnie. I'll, I'll leave you with this. I served a church and they were anxious, they were anxious all the time. They always prayed for patience. One particular Sunday morning, a young mother and a little girl came, came into the sanctuary probably 15 minutes into worship. And she, we welcomed her. And she says, I apologize for being late. My daughter, Patience, didn't want to come this morning. The point was, Patience finally showed up. Don't ever pray for patience. We wait a long time. What are we singing? I just want to clarify something so there's no confusion over it. Uh, Kim Evans, Karen,
Where's Pam? Jed, leave. Your soup ministry is just as important as his. I don't. When when I I give Rob a hard time all the time. When I when I give him a hard time, I want you to know that, and you too, and me. I'm not overlooking your ministry. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't want him leaving here thinking that he's. Yeah, you know. Would you close us in prayer? I will. Thank you, Lord. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to gather in your house this morning as we prepare for the birth of our Savior. As Pat asked, let us remember the children not only in Oxford, but all over this nation, and go to school each and every day afraid. Protect them, wrap your love around them, and let us be here again next Sunday. In the name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. We're going to give 